thank you. What a blessing. Let's get to Hebrews 11 this morning. The song actually is a wonderful introduction to what I'll conclude with today at the beginning of Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I'm gonna, today is maybe more of a, not necessarily a strong preaching message, although uh, knowing me I'll get to preaching a little bit, but I need you to maybe grab a pen or grab, maybe if you get out your phone or literally and write some notes down, what I'm going to give you, and this is what the scripture gives us, is the introduction to what our Bible professors are going to be giving us over the next two semesters as we walk through this series. If you keep this in mind, it'll help us better understand, maybe if I can put it this way, interpret what we see in the rest of the, of the chapter, and then next spring I'll conclude in chapter 12. So you say, Dr. Anderson, you're preaching two times in a row. Are we going to have to listen to you all semester? No, hang on, this is about it, all right? There you go. Um, you'll get some great, great speakers up here, and we'll enjoy that. So what I want us to do today, there is some, some structure here, obviously structure given by God in this passage, but there may be what probably we want to write down, maybe even in the margin of your Bible, is a couple of key words that will be a good reminder points for when we come back to the passage uh, over the next, next couple, well, couple semesters. There we go. So beginning in verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The writer of Hebrews has, through up to this point, given us a wonderful, glorious description of our Savior and the supreme revelation of him. So the word of God and the word, Jesus Christ, are uh, organically connected. They are the same in many ways. What we have in written form, as well as is, is directly connected to our living form of the Savior, Jesus Christ, the revelation of God to us. And that revelation and that glorious understanding of our Savior lets us live out our faith in, as he will say in chapter 12, in the race of life. We are called by God to follow our Savior to glory. And not to the glory of some kind of crown, but to the glory of heaven. Now, we will get crowns. But as I run this race of life, like my forefathers, and that's the point of chapter 11, we're going to have numerous amazing examples of godly people who, in the Old Testament setting, ran their race of faith in God and ended with a good report, God's good report of them. And that's what we're going to be studying this year. So, the writer here says, faith then is the substance of things for, for now, hope for. What is faith? Many times, I, I, my guess is, is you're like this. You've walked through this many times. And, okay, I, I, I'm going to build up this emotion, this, this power within me to trust God. <laughs> and that's not what it is at all. When he's talking about faith here, he has made a strong argument from chapter 1 of Hebrews all the way to this point, that we're talking about a body of truth that we believe and then act on. Now, the, the theme of our whole series is living in the reality of our unseen God. Um, anyone here seen God yet? Okay, put your, yeah, no, no, okay, shoot, okay. No, we have not. And yet, is he real? He's, he's more real than we are, if I can put it that way. Um, F.B. Meyer, uh, Dr. Marriott and I have both used this quote at numerous funerals. We really should be sympathizing for those that are left behind. We're experiencing only half-life. 
Those that have gone on before us to heaven are experienced the fullness of joy in the very presence of God. And we have to live in this life in the reality of that there's a God out there that has revealed himself in his word. And we will follow that truth even though what our eyes see here tells us something far different. So, faith really is, if I can put it this way, maybe if you want to add the word conviction. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it's, it's a body of truth that I'm going to live by. Of course, it's the word of God. And especially here in the book of Hebrews, the, the writer of Hebrews is reminding us of who Christ is when he uses that word faith, and of his revelation to us, especially in the New Testament, the New Covenant. He's been talking over and over again about Christ in his person, in his priesthood, and in his power are far better than the Old Testament system that we're going to study through these men that, that followed the Lord, and they lived by faith in that setting, in that, what we would call, dispensation, God's administration then, and they were pleasing to the Lord then. And like that, we are to live by faith our new covenant, our new testament, following its laws, letting that be the dictates of our heart. Faith is that substance, that substructure. There's another, or maybe you want to put the word foundation. Faith is the foundation of things that we live for, that we're hoping for. Now, it's not a, I hope it's going to get there, I don't know if it's going to. No, we believe, because God has revealed, that that hope for is reality. The unseen is reality. And my faith, my knowledge of God through his word, is the foundation upon which, the substructure upon which, I base my living. Like everybody else here in the book of chapter 11 of Hebrews. They all lived, what does it say? By faith. They knew what God had revealed about himself. Some of this is absolutely amazing. Do you realize that many of these people that we're going to talk about had no written word of God in their hand? They had heard it from Grandpa Adam down the line. And God had protected that truth about him so that they lived in, in light of that reality. So faith is that substructure upon which I build my life and my living based on the word of God. And that hope for, the substance of things hoped for, it's that confidence that living for the promised completion of my salvation in Christ is the reality to embrace for today. Let me say that again, all right? That, that long definition, if you're trying to write fast, sorry, I went way too fast, all right? What is that hope for thing? It is the confidence that living for the promised completion of my salvation in Christ. Is your salvation complete? Well, you say, uh, well, yeah, I'm saved. I know the Lord. I've repented of my sin. I've trusted him as my personal Savior. I'm saved. Yes. But is your deliverance, your salvation, totally complete yet? No, you're still sitting here in the sin-cursed world. All right? We're looking forward to that glory when all of it's complete. Your sanctification process has grown, and then you reach the great glory. And we live in light of what's going to come. So we live in light, and this becomes the reality to embrace for today. I appreciate our mayor commenting about how to handle all the criticism. 
may I enforce it in great ways according to the scriptures here. I don't live in light of what I'm seeing, in light of a friend who just, or maybe an enemy, who just criticized me. I live in light of my wonderful God who has revealed himself in his word and that's the foundation upon which I base all my decisions. I live for that wonderful hope. All right, there's part of what faith is all about. Now he goes on. It is, nextly, I'm in, in verse one still, it is the evidence of things not seen. It's the proof. So we think of, I'm using a word that begins with the letter S, if we think of substance as the substructure, the foundation upon which everything is built, it is also the standard Our faith, what we believe, what Scripture teaches, it is the standard by which we judge this life. It is the proof of what's not seen is reality. If I can put it this way, it is a standard against which I judge all thoughts about the unseen, unknown, the nature of things. What is real? What is true life? How do I know? Because God gave it to us. Um, so many times, young people, as we're out ministering for the Lord, even believers have um, a misguided thought about life and reality. Um, how many times I've heard something, well, the Lord told me. And I have to question that statement because they're not running to Scripture and saying, here's the principle of God's word that I'm living by that's helping me make this decision. When they say the Lord told me, what they're saying in reality is, I feel comfortable with this decision. Well, my heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? (laughs) Uh, Your heart can make you feel real comfortable about your sin, you sinner. So, so I need a better judge. I need a better standard to judge all of life by and all of what's... We, God has implanted in our heart the reality that there's something beyond this moment. Hasn't he? Romans 1 tells us that. So how do I know my faith, my body of truth as revealed by God in his written word? Here it is. Everything I think about, everything I judge comes based on the word of God. It's the evidence of things not seen. So we have in the revelation of Christ, here's a cross-reference if you want to write down, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. We have in the revelation of Christ, in the written word, all that we need for life and for godliness. Isn't that cool? You don't have to walk through life wondering, am I pleasing God? I can know. Young person, You can stand before God one day with confidence, not because of who you are, but because of what God has done, and you've based your life on the truth of God's word, and you can stand with confidence to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Why? Because you've lived by the book, the faith. You've obeyed. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Isn't that amazing? What joy we have to have that. So, he goes on. He's not done. Now we're going to step into just the introduction, really, to chapter 11 of why he's going to give us all these people. So, verse 2, 
For by it, all right, so by this faith, what they believed by the word of God, by it the elders obtained a good report. Our forefathers, forefathers in the faith, through living in the reality of the unseen, the written word of God, but given to us by an unseen God, they received a good report. From who? From God! It doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what any of us think of you. Now, it's good to have good friends that support us, right? Amen. I'm glad for moms and dads that love me in spite of myself, all those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, where do I get a good report? Not from you, but from my God. And that's the report I want to hear from. You know what? You can tell your fellow students, hey, I'm doing well in this class. But it's that crazy report card at the end of the semester that gives the true report. The teacher is your judge. Now, aren't you glad that the judge of all the earth, your judge, is offering you a way whereby you know how to get a good report from him? And so we're going to see here in chapter 11 all these people that God gave a good report. Now, what, do, how do we know this report? Well, we have the Old Testament. And so what's going to happen, I'm sure all of our professors as they come and preach for us are going to run back to the, 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 the recording of all of what those, those men and ladies did in the Old Testament. And then they're going to talk about God's analysis here in chapter 11, the New Testament thoughts even about the Old Testament believers, and how then we can apply it to our life. I don't know about you, I, I live, my life, my brain functions in pictures and in, in interacting with people. I am not what you, I am not a professor, all right? Some of these, my father, I pick on my father-in-law, Dr. Potter. The guy loves books. I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> Please forgive me, professors, because I know you do too. So anyways, no. no, that's labor, that's work for me. And it takes a long time for this slow brain of mine to think through all of that. But when God gives me a beautiful picture of how it's lived out, it's like, yes, I get it. I understand. Uh, when I learned to farm, it wasn't because I read a manual. I think I'd have said, no thanks, I'm not going to do that. It was because a good farmer said, David, come here. Let me show you how to milk. Now, the funny thing is, my dad grew up farming. He talked about it a lot. But until you actually grab that cow and start milking her, it's like, how does milk come out of this? There's a technique to it. And I'm glad my farmer friends showed me how. The, the, the living, and, so, and this is Hebrews 11. They are showing us how. We're going to read about it, yes. But in living color, we're going to see these men and women of God who have a good report from God. And I want to be just like them. They're our heroes. They're our forefathers. And maybe by God's grace, live a life of faith like them. I must wrap up. Let's go on to verse number three. So now we come to, so we've seen really what faith is about. It's our substructure. It's our standard. 
He's introduced what we're going to see throughout the rest of the chapter. We want to have a good report just like them. And now to calm our hearts, God gives us what I call Exhibit A. It's not about a person. Well, it is about a person. It's about God himself. So, through faith, all right, a very similar phrase, use of the word, as we'll see throughout the rest of the chapter, we, so he's calling us to do something. We, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. You may say, Dr. Anderson, okay, I need to see it in really living color. I, this whole thing about just trusting the word of God, how do I know it's true? Uh, God's witness bears witness that it's true in the person of the Holy Spirit in our heart and life. Uh, why is the world always talking about the word of God, even if it's a different religion? Because God has embedded it in their heart that they know there's a God and there's a God that they must say they must submit to in some way. Oh, they try to argue against it. Again, we go back to Romans 1. They'll suppress the truth in their heart. See, we have the witness of God already instilled in us. It's in our DNA. It's in our wiring. But you say, I, I want to see it in all reality. So God in his grace to us gives us exhibit A. We understand, because God's word tells us about it, how the worlds were framed I, I wish I could give you the whole study on that simple word, but if I can give you the end, how the worlds were perfectly completed just by the word of God, the unseen. You see, our world today, what we see, this physical world was framed, was perfectly completed by something that was utterly unseen. It was just the word of God. And so it goes on. That so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. <laughs> what, a, what a unique way to talk about one of the predominant scientific theories of the origins. They, the world tries to describe how this world came to be by stuff that's already here. No wonder... When you're honest about it, it seems rather ludicrous. And so God says, Exhibit A, here, how, how can you trust me? Because by my very word, I made this world. We recognize that the perfectly completed world bears witness to the reality of the unseen God and the reality of his spoken and recorded word. I can therefore build substructure and evaluate standard my life on God's very word and receive the good report just like our heroes of faith. And if you're wondering, okay, I think that sounds good, well then, God says, look at the world around you. By my just word, it came to be. It was perfectly done. It was right. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day, 
What does it do? It uttereth speech. It's declaring God is real. His word is true. Day unto day uttereth speech. And night unto night showeth knowledge. Now, there is no speech nor language where the voice of day and night, the firmament in the world, there is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their line, have you ever been in a service where they lined out the music? The song they would get up, you don't, you, know, you don't have anything on the screen, and you don't know the song, and the guy up there is just before you sing it, he's hollering out the next phrase, he's lining it out. It's the same idea here. Their line, the world is lining out the music that God is real, his word is true, and you can live your life by it. Their line has gone out through all the earth. And their words, just to Chicago. No, their words to the end of the world. We have such a great God that the testimony of who he is, that his word is real, has reached to the ends of the world. Now, we have a duty, I understand. There's far, that's general revelation. But that's exhibit A of what we can base our faith on. This is my Father's world. Isn't that a joy? And therefore I can rejoice and say, all right, God, I'm ready. Let me hear, let me see in the lives of these dear saints who have gone before us how to live my faith out for the Lord. May God help us this year to grow in our walk with the Lord, knowing the word of God and saying, I'm going to live everything by it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help our hearts and minds today to grasp some of these really big truths. But thank you, Lord, that even though these are deep truths, yet they are able for us to be reached and touched. And so we can, in our life, as we especially this year, look at the lives of those that are examples for us, be able to know the way, so that we will one day like them, receive the good report. Oh, Father, may you help us today to live by the word of God, work looking ahead to receiving that good report from you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.